Hello and welcome back. In the last session, we established that the illusion of communication can create drama, that your impact will be greater when it really matters to you and when you accept the fact that it probably doesn't matter that much to your target audience just yet. Your communication is going to change that. In this session, we will discuss what you can do to develop an active communication mindset. Have you been doing the learning action exercises? They are an important part of the process. You see, we subscribe to the idea that for people to acquire new competencies, their time should be roughly apportioned using the 70-20-10 formula. 70% of your learning will be the on the job, out in the world, doing what you're doing, thinking for yourself, taking action and discovering what works. The 20% is learning with other people. So it might be a coach or a mentor or a group project. Maybe you're discussing these ideas in a team, developing a shared competency, promoting a culture of, of clear, low-drama communication. 10% of your time is in the classroom or in online learning sessions such as this one. The model is applied to the learning of specific work-related skills, and it holds for the development of core competencies like communication, collaboration, and critical thinking. It doesn't have to be precisely 70-20-10, but the weighting reflects what is well accepted, and that is that people learn from experience. Relational skills are learned with other people. But the necessary ingredient is that you have something specific to be testing, something specific and reasoned to discuss with other people. So, the Coup Online Learning Sessions are designed to give you that specific, reasoned idea to share with your coach and your mentor, your manager or your trusted advisor, and for you to try out for yourself in the real world. The action learning is the bridge between these sessions and what you learn through relationship and experience. So, in the action learning so far, uh, I think one of the first exercises, we asked you to see what happens when you do something, when you act to make someone smile. Now, I imagine that some people found this probably too easy. What? All I have to do is to make someone smile? That's it? That's right. So I just smile at them. Yeah, got it. Good. Can we move on now? Sure we can. And, and look, if you haven't already, you could give yourself some more challenging objectives, like like, like make someone say the words, thank you. Or if you're into exploring the inverse of that, you could make someone say, I'm sorry. You could get someone to buy you lunch or a drink, or you could get someone to allow you to buy them lunch or a drink. You could get them to sing their favorite song or team anthem or grant you a pay rise. These are all good challenges, and I'm sure that you can think of your own. But some people may have found the exercise challenging, unappealing, or awkward. Make someone smile. How do I do that? If that thought occurred to you, make someone smile. Gee, that's a bit weird. What if they think I'm being creepy? If that thought, or any of the variations, hang on, if I succeed, then what? What if they ask me, what am I doing? What are you doing? What am I doing? You're doing something. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. See, what if that happens? Well, if that's what you're thinking, then you have met one of the common bugs in this system. And that's the tendency to engage the wrong part of the brain, the wrong senses, when faced with an opportunity. Okay? Feelings of awkwardness 
are generated by parts of the brain that help you manage risk, social risk. It's a simple mechanism. When the thought of doing something makes you uncomfortable, you're more likely to avoid it. Now, the trouble is that that is a blunt instrument. Human beings have a bias towards being risk averse. The cost of making mistakes seems greater than the expected rewards, so there's a tendency to play it safe. And for some people, the prospect of making someone smile feels risky. For others, the awkwardness doesn't kick in until the stakes are higher, you know, asking for a pay rise or, or asking someone out on a date. But making someone smile, I mean, what's, what's not to like about that? You know, we generally accept that making someone smile is a good thing. If you made someone smile, then you've done something that has triggered something in that person that could only be expressed as a smile, something good. It's reasonable to make the connection. I have the power to make someone feel like smiling. If you have the opportunity to make someone smile, why wouldn't you? But the risk-averse part of the brain chips in to complicate things. It can slow progress, leaving people inarticulate and ineffective. In the composure program, we go into some detail as to why this happens and how you can manage it in the scenarios when there's a lot at stake. Uh, the pay rise, or the court case, or media appearances. But let's return to this simple make someone smile exercise. You could have chosen a hundred ways to achieve that, and you could have chosen it on the basis of a hundred different reasons. I want you to notice which way did you choose, and what reason. Did you give them a compliment? Did you open the door for them? Did you just smile at them? Did you tell them a joke? Whatever you did, what's the verb? You complimented them, you helped them, or you greeted them, or you entertained them. What did you do? And what was your reason? Well, I did it because it was the exercise. I've placed my trust in the program. Uh, the instruction was make someone smile, so I, um, I made them smile. You know, I just said, um, yeah, what's the best birthday you can remember? And um, she didn't need to say anything. She just, she just smiled. That sounds nice. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that was my reason. I was just following the instructions. And that's the perfect reason for some people. Other people find different reasons. Well, look, I wanted to see if I could. Never really thought about doing something like that. And, yeah, I did it. And I found that I could. I mean, sometimes it felt awkward, but sometimes it actually felt good. But, uh, yeah, it's possible. Yes, it is possible. You can sometimes decide that you are going to have an impact on another person and then you do something to them and they smile or they buy you a drink or they, they, they share their favourite song or they give you a pay rise or they rule in your favour. It's possible. It's not easy and it should not be easy to make people do what serves your needs. It should be hard because if it was too easy, then everyone could do it. There would be too many people doing what other people want and then you know, self-interest, probably chaos, would rule. To say that it has to be hard, what I mean is that you have to earn the right to wield the power of being a more effective communicator, a more effective communicator than you already are, a more effective communicator than the general population. In the next session, we'll discuss what you can do to earn the right to have greater impact on people. You're probably doing some of these things already. 
but we're developing a competency, which means you're going to do more of the useful things with intent. This session's action learning is to go back and review the work that you did after the last session. The instruction was to make a list of the things that you believe could be improved. Review that list and pick one or two and answer the question, whose support or permission is required to make it happen? What do you need to do to them so that they believe it should happen and they commit to the action that will make it happen? See you next session. Bye for now.